Hey folks, uh, 54321 and no, we're not live. We're here over at uh, David Hammond's house for, you know, the podcast. Anyways, um, it is uh, September uh, 6th. 2022. What do you have to do, David? How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Mr. Mr. Texas Rich. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. We we did a uh, podcast, uh, you know, two other days, and then we just wrapped up a shooting for, you know, issue uh, 27, which is, you know, it's uh, the new uh, format. How do you how do you feel about us going on? Uh, digital rather than you know print we got to keep up with the times and i i know the backstory on your situation because some of them may know or may not know that i was the last shoot for the last printed magazine so it makes me kind of special i think i was even on page 26 (laughs) yep yep 26 on 26 that was the last uh print issue for you guys out there, you know, listing uh, was uh, 26, and I believe David was on page 26. I mean, that that was kind of cool. Um, what what is uh, real cool? I think since uh, we started the uh, podcast, well, probably a week after we started the podcast, we got picked up by uh, Spotify.com. Great. So we're on uh, Spotify with this uh, podcast. We're on Amazon Podcasts. We're on um, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And uh, that would just like the first or the second week, you know, just coming out of the gate with, you know, this new uh, podcast. And I hadn't even done any interviews yet. And I, I don't know, I, I sent like a broken record and I kept on saying, hey, I'm going to do interviews, interviews. <laughs> I think you're one of the ones that said, hey, when you do that, you know, I want to be on that uh, podcast. I did. So, so well, where did all your uh, passion come from for, you know, hot rods and, you know, all that? It goes way back. And uh, first of all, I came from a farming situation with my dad up in southeastern Ohio, family of 10. So all we knew was work, work, work. And uh, my dad was a, even though he wasn't very school learned, he could take anything mechanical apart, put it back together. And even if we had to use bailing wire sometimes, and I picked up on that early in life. So was was a dad a car guy back in the day? Only because he had to keep his old stuff running. He wasn't what you would call a hot rodder or whatever, but he had uh, he had a lot of old. It would be neat to have them now, you know, like Studebakers and Ramblers and stuff like that. But they were also 15 years old when they got them. And being in Ohio, they were probably full of rust and stuff. So none of them are alive today, I'm sure. But anyway, uh, the hot riding part came with my uh, older brother. He was 10 years older than I was, and he owned and built a 55 Chevrolet. And uh, I helped him on that a lot. I thought, I think you said that there's like a story behind that or something like that. You can elaborate on that. Okay, so uh, summer of something like 66, I can't remember the exact year. That would have put me at about 14 years old, uh, 12, 14. He, uh, he lived in Akron, Ohio, and he brought his uh, Chevy, his 55, down to south of there where dad lived. 
and we pulled the engine out, had 283 in it, and we went to Sears and Roebuck and bought a long block for $249. I think, I think Montgomery Ward had them the, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we brought it back home, took all his parts off that we could salvage, put it back together, slid it off in that 55 with a three-speed overdrive transmission now, behind it. Now, what, was that like in the Sears catalog too? Or? That was know, in the I don't catalog? Know how he, I don't recall exactly how he, whether he ordered or how that happened. But okay. You know, we went over to a little town called Cambridge and picked it up and brought it back home in Dad's pickup. And before long, we had a tripod set up and a little ratcheting, a cable ratchet type thing. It wasn't any kind of wheels or anything on it. We had to roll the car in out from under. <laughs> what was your uh, first car back in high school? I had a 56 Chevy that uh, was kind of a hand-me-down from my older sister. And it was a four-door, kind of a beat-up old thing, six-cylinder. Not, not much too much, but it got now, me back what, around. what happened to it? Uh, about three months into uh, my ownership of it, which was the summer of 68, uh, had a little crash. Oh, uh-oh. And I pretty much destroyed it, so. Oh. And, and there was some legal stuff that went along with that that we don't need to get off into. But no, no, no. It, it definitely shut me down for, okay. my, for my senior year, so I didn't get to do all the cruising and stuff with my car. I, I rode around with a whole bunch of other guys, but I didn't get to do it myself. So someday I'm going to go back to that town with my, my hot rod, maybe, and go up and down the street a couple times just say, I finally did it. <laughs> so i got to ask, are you a Texas native? If not, where are you from? Okay, southeastern Ohio is where we built that car. I was born in Ohio. So what what brought you out here? Uh, work and mother-in-law. <laughs> right, right on. <laughs> so what, if I want to be you, honest, <laughs> what do you uh, love about uh, you know Texas? Two words: opportunity and money was my my original idea, but money doesn't mean that much. Why don't you uh, tell the uh, People out there listening on the uh, podcast here, what uh, what kind of car we featured in the magazine? Your car. It is a '69 Camaro. It's an X44 on the tags, which means it was a probably a, go- a grocery getter when it came out of the out of the factory up there in Ohio. But it's been morphed several times since then. When I got it, the guy was going to go straight line racing with it. Uh, he ended up putting a 383 stroker with aluminum heads and I assume around the 540 horsepower. I haven't had it tested yet, but I will at some point in time, I hope. And uh, he put a roll cage in it and had the interior all tore out of it. And the dash wires, of course, all he needed was a few gauges to go straight in line racing for the rest of it. It was just dangling down there. It looked like a hornet's nest. But it, was, it, was, it was running. It was driving. But that was five years ago. Five years ago, next month, as a matter of fact. Now you hear your your wife and your sons uh, got you that car. Yes, sir. Uh, that year in 2017, uh, I was it was my birthday was in October, and I was going to retire, and I did retire at the end of the year, December 31st that year. So they got together and uh, presented that with me because they knew if I wanted a hot rod, it was going to be a '69 Camaro. And, the boy down in Austin uh, looked around down there and drove a half a dozen of them. And he did let me know because he didn't want to buy something that I didn't okay. So it was, it was preliminary, it wasn't exactly like a surprise. But it was certainly nice the day it rolled in from Austin oh, yeah. up here and we rolled off that trailer. That was a day. 
and it's well recorded too. We've got we've got movies and pictures and all that stuff. So it's it's quite a day. So what what do you think you're most proud of? You know, on the car. Most proud of. Most proud of it. Well, it's been five years, which a lot of people take you know twelve years to get their car built. But because I think it's because I've been retired and I can I can go out there and do a lot of stuff myself. I, I've done at least eighty percent of the mechanical. Had it painted by a guy up in North Fort Worth who usually paints new cars. Didn't even know how to put the fenders on this thing because it had bolts instead of snap-on. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I had to help him go and do that. And of course, it wasn't one of those, you know, forty thousand dollars put it up on the rack, straightened all up and everything. Because that, that, first of all, I didn't have the money. Secondly, all I wanted was cruiser. I'm not going to race it. I just want it to look nice and you know, tour around town in, and that and it works fine for that. Right on. What um, is there like uh, other than uh, you know friends and family? Anybody else that shares your passion like you? Yeah, that was. And of course, both of my boys are gearheads. Okay, yeah. And, and they started. You had said that. We, we built uh, the first, the oldest boy I built an S10 for him. Maybe three of them before it was all said and done. But the first one was the one we really put our our heart and soul into and painted it. The younger one, we started out with a '66 C10 Chevy, and then he went to flight school, and I kept it in my garage for the next five years until we finally just had to give it up. And we already had the engine built and the frame. It was off. It was, it was frame off, and we did most of it ourselves. And we had to paint, you know, paint it all, paint and everything. It was ready to rock and roll, but he just didn't have the money. The other boy and I were working and you know going on, didn't have any money, so we ended up trading it for a S10 Blazer. <laughs> Yeah, I think, who was it? It was uh, one of your sons that were gonna like uh, shoot like one or two of his cars for the magazine mm -hmm. over at his house. Which one was that? The that's oldest? the oldest. Or? That's the oldest boy. Okay. And the car that we were originally going to shoot was the Patina 64. Okay. But just recently he traded it. Oh. And now he's got a square body. I think it's a 80, I want to say 84, and the guy already had it painted and everything. He just had to put a fuel tank in it and some other stuff, and he just got the wheels and stuff polished, and it really looks great. It looks oh, fantastic. So him and I are going to get together at some point in time. In fact, we may go to Good Guys up there together, and, you know, drive around the track together and all the good yep. stuff they do up there. And if you're there, we may uh, yeah, I think that's, get some that's uh, coming up, right? 17. And then, uh, yeah, I think uh, today is uh, Mickham Auction mm -hmm. out there in uh, Dallas. Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, real cool. So, um, do you have any uh, words of, uh, you know, wisdom for, you know, the, the kiddos or the young hot rod builders out there today? Yeah, I've thought a lot about this. And uh, the thing that I've learned over the year is like the 66 pickup. Right. If you can't, if, first of all, if it doesn't drive when you buy it, make it so it will for a little while, so you, you can get the, so you can keep the spirit going. Because if you take one down and you don't have all the money and stuff to do it right then, there's a, I don't know what the percentage of it is, but there's a good likelihood unless you've got a really good job or somebody knows how to do it all or something like. That. In the case of the boys, if they had one now, I could help them build it right now, and it'd be good. But uh, if you're trying to do it on your own, you got a family and you're just out there humping and bumping, you're trying to make your job and all that stuff, it's probably going to sit there and you'll have to move or something and you'll have to get rid of it for half of what you got here or less. So 
in my case, I, mine was running already, and I could actually drive it in between the times when I, I got to fix something on the rear end or, or the transmission or tune it up or something. I'd go drive it. You know? So that kept me going. Okay, okay, we gotta get to the next spot. And then we got it painted. So I, had, I was down for four months, five months for that. Got it back, now I gotta put all the interior in it. So, you know, through the steps and gathering up the parts in between while it was being painted and all that, I had it ready to go. So I just kept going. And that's how this one worked out to be five years. And now it's 98% done, I'd say, 96, 98% done. And I can go out here and actually, I've been going to shows. So. How many how many shows you think uh, like you know per year to your uh, car? I'm not going to go to every one, especially uh, I, I like the ones that like Mad Dog and, and North Texas Camaro do because they're for benefits and stuff like the one they do up here in Colorado. Like charity car the charity shows. Stuff, and, I like those uh, kind and the uh, uh, Christian Cruisers down here because it's close. And get there and get back. Probably break it down. <laughs> I, I think we we started going to uh, Christian uh, Cruisers. Uh, they took and they moved over to a new uh, location. The 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 old ISD school in the parking lot. Went up there and shot like a few pictures, and then we left. We had to go somewhere else. I wish we would have stayed. And those uh, few shots that I took at the show I put on Facebook, and I doctored them up like a mental print. And, you know, a couple of people that were at the show saw, you know, their car doctored up, and they're like, hey, I want a mental print, you know, of my car. Just by shooting that, putting it up, I mean, so that's awesome. What, what do you think? Do you think your uh, car is is it uh, done or do you have like any other idea you well, want to? The external, do the external is done. I've got all the paint and all the chrome and all you know, whatever I'm going to do to the outside. I got it done. Now I've got some underneath stuff. Uh, the rear diff has been giving me trouble pretty much since day one. You know, I've just been repairing it. So it is the next biggest amount of money I need to spend to get it. So if I get it underneath there, I think I could probably take off and go to Amarillo and drive back without any without any hitches. How's and it? That's what I'm. That's what I'm shooting for is to be able to yeah, go 100 you miles or something. You know, you know drive. How's it? How's it drive? How's it handle? Oh, I'm glad you asked that, Rich, because I just put uh, QA1 frames okay, and stuff okay. on it like two weeks ago. And it had the original stuff underneath it, and the guys had tried to cut the springs and lower it, and it was just, it was terrible. It, was, it handled terrible, it bottomed out, you know, stuff like that. And I got these two eight ones on there, jacked up so it doesn't drag, uh, and it, it handles like a sports car now. It's quick, and it's just smooth and easy. I went down one day three. Now, would, day. You, would you ever, or have you ever, you know, they, they have the uh, autocross at Good Guys. Would you ever do that with the Camaro? I'm really not yeah. into, into the racing thing. Now, what I might have tried, you know, a few years ago, before COVID, they were doing the, uh, uh, Summit was doing the racing thing down there, the straight line racing on, on the back straightaway back there. Okay. The straightaway. I might have went down and made a couple passes with it just to see how it would do it. I wouldn't be the guy that would be standing on the gas the whole way. 
you know, somebody beating me, beat me, so what? Yeah. Big deal. I'm an old, I'm an old guy, I can take it. I've been beat before. And if I, if I won, well, that'd be okay too. But oh, shoot, it would be I, just to see I what the car would do and to get the thrill of it one time. But it's really not in my DNA now to do that because I've done some crazy things in my life and I've, I've got past some of that. I hear that. So why, why the Camaro? Why that year? Aha, I like this story. <laughs> the fall of 1968, the 69s were on the showroom floor. In that little town, Cambridge, Ohio, and southeastern Ohio, the only Chevrolet or D-System was probably 35 miles. They had a 69 Camaro with the black blue. It was a 350 RSSS, and it had the gauges down on the console and the four-speed and the 350, and oh my goodness, I'm 16, 17 years old sitting in that thing saying, one day, one day I'm going to have that car. I'm going to have this car well, right here. It's in the man cave right now. It is. Right? And I got two more gear. Yeah. <laughs> I got a six-speed. All right. Right, right on. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, when you first got your uh, passion, you know, your hot rod passion, however it came to you, you got bit by it, you know, you developed it. You know, over time, do you still have, you know, that same passion or has it uh, grown? I, I definitely say it's grown because early on, again, when I was raising kids and all that stuff, it was it was on the back burner. Wait, Dad, I mean, you, know, you, could, you couldn't even see that burner it's back there in the holler somewhere. <laughs> so but when I finally got, you know, but first of all, when the kids started driving, I got to do that through them. I was helping them build their pickups and blah, blah, and all that stuff to get them on the road. And then when I finally got up enough, you know, got past where they were out on their own and all that, and I said, now I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, and when this thing rolled in, it was like, boing. So, now, I, I'd say it's much stronger now, and I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll and go out there and do the thing well, that I've always dreamed of, kind of sort. How do you think uh, you were when you got bit? Probably when I set that engine off in that 55. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that was the that was the initial bite right there. <laughs> so did you ever help Dad on like uh, uh, whatever he worked on back in the day? Well, Dad had a different kind of passion. He, he, he gave it to me. Yeah. He gave I it to me. I think I've seen all your uh, pictures <laughs> inside the mag why don't you tell him all right so he was uh he ra he was raised in the 30s and 40s and 50s and the farming implements then were you know compared to what they got today they were like almost like horse and wagon because they were slow they were old john deere tractors with two cylinders popping along at about um, half a mile an hour and there was also steam engines which looks like a steam locomotive, except it's got wheels on it. And him and uh, his brother Roy actually was on a thrashing ring for a while with one of them, so that got into their blood. So when the when I was being raised, there was a club in our little town. I guess about 20 guys or so like that had these different kind of pieces of equipment, and we got together and did a show very much like a car show, and we did the thrashing of wheat and stuff like that the way they did it back in the 40s and 50s. Thrash machine, you know, stationary units where you run them with a belt. We sawed lumber, we thrashed grain, we plowed with them, we had tractor pulls with the steam engine. By the way, a uh, the steam engine that we had that night, it would out pull any of the 
pulling tractors because of the weight. It really? Would keep, it would keep moving even though it was just chug, chug, chugging along. You know, they had 6,000 horsepower and they had front end raised up and spinning tires and throwing dirt 30 feet in the air. This thing just went down through there, chip, 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 and took the took the ship the sled all the way down to the end and kept on going if he wanted to. <laughs> well, it was kind of cool. So I, I thought you said that before you were gonna buy another uh, tractor or something like that before the car. <laughs> how no. how that go down? So that the September before I got my car five years ago. I was at one of these tractor shows, like I described earlier. It's up in Oklahoma, Salter, Oklahoma. And a guy up there had bought two tractors from his neighbor, and that neighbor was like 97 years old and had passed away, and the wife wanted to sell these two tractors for nearly nothing, almost scrap metal. One of them had been torn down and did a frame off, bolt by bolt, right down to the frame restoration. This old man did that back, you know, right over the last 20 years. And it ran like a champ. And he wanted like $3,800 for two of them. And mostly, he wanted like $2,800 for one, and the other one, it ran, but it's kind of junky. But I could have had two, two tractors for $3,800. And since how that was my other passion, I thought, well, I don't know if I can afford a Camaro right now, because I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is before the kid, you know, they came up with this. And I called my wife, and I said, I'm thinking about buying a tractor up here. Oklahoma. She said, what? <laughs> so immediately after that phone call, she called me son and said, you want an old tractor in, in the wheel? And he said, what are you talking about? He said, no. That's when the idea for the Camaro came up and they, they, they generated it right then. And they said, go find him a Camaro. I'm going <laughs> to tell him, don't buy that tractor. <laughs> so I got a nice little pretty great Camaro that feels a lot faster than an old tractor. <laughs> so... Is a Camaro a daily driver? You only take it out for shows, or the only reason it's a daily driver is because I want to get in it here. <laughs> but I don't mean, actually take it anywhere to go. I go get gas, or I go run up, you know, run around the block, or go. Does it make you feel like every time you get in, you know, have a seat? 16, 17 year old boy that was sitting in that three fifty back in nineteen sixty eight with. A little bit more mature. I'm not going to burn the tires that, off of that, it. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to try to race everybody that comes along. You know that, that little stuff. 16 or 17 year old kid gets a little gray hair in his. Uh... <laughs> I know, but that's just wisdom. <laughs> you're you're what, like along 29 now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going on 30. You're not even 30. <laughs> you're a young. But um, yeah, would would it uh, feel like when? Um, we asked to shoot your car for the magazine. It was like a dream come true. It was like an actual dream come true because back in, again, going back to the 55 Chevy, the only magazines then were Motor Trend, Hot Rod, and whatever they were doing on the West Coast for all their, you know, Porsches and all that stuff. I don't even know the name of the magazine because I didn't ever pick one up. <laughs> they were way out of my league. <laughs> but they didn't come down and do what you did. They didn't come down to the regular guy sitting out here in the shop working on his own car and cussing at it and, you know, throwing wrenches at the wall and then get back under and do it some more until he got it right. <laughs> so I was, and I met you like four or five years ago now, 
And I said, I I liked it. I liked you immediately, just even if I hadn't liked you personally, oh, I liked what you were doing. Thank you. Since then I've actually you've come around and you're okay. <laughs> Good. I'm heard that people, I'm okay. I'm an okay guy. No, real, real cool. Uh, this, uh, matter of fact, if I can change gears for a minute, this uh, podcast, I looked at the uh, podcast. We're over on uh, simplecast.com. We're on their uh, $15 a month uh, plan over there. They're like the home base for, you know, the podcast. And then it goes out to Spotify and everybody else. Anyways, I would just kind of curious to see like how many people downloaded from where you can see what time of the day what day from what state where they download i looked we had people from uh, sweden downloading the podcast we have people from um, the uk uh and then and this one just blew my socks off we even have uh some downloads from people over in Saudi Arabia download, downloading the podcast. That's that's awesome. I I think uh, you know the more you know content you put up there, you know have you know people coming trying to find you that want to advertise you know on it and stuff like that. I just I love going around getting these stories, you know. Talking about the man caves, you know, the shops and cars and, you know, all that. It's awesome. But, um, so, did you pretty much uh, grow up back there? Yeah, I didn't get here until 78. So, I was already, okay. uh, my kids were six to seven years old when I got here, back in 78. So, what what'd you uh, do back there? I was, uh, early on, <laughs> another strange story, I started out at NCR. Okay. National Cash Register. And I guess you could say that I was an early computer geek, except the only thing that I did was I helped build the frames for the computers. And of course, back then, computers were that wall of what looked oh, like yeah. freezers and stuff, yes. you know? And then the yes, frame, sir. Oh, and and my, my, my job on the line was to clean out the little screws, through holes after they painted them, so they could put the panels and stuff on. That's what I did all day long. And probably that big mainframe uh, computer is right here in my hand. Yeah, more. It, probably the ones I built then didn't have half that. Oh my god! You know, I mean that <laughs> that is crazy. But that morphed into a service station. I was a service station attendant and then a manager for six years, and then I went to Detroit Diesel Rebuild Center where they rebuild all their all their parts, and I worked on the blower line, so I know huffers inside and out. I could probably build one for my car if I wanted to, but that's not that's not my dream. But uh, they're the same they're the same aluminum stuff that's so sitting on top of a lot of these big engines. So is there, is there somebody out there in the car world that you really admire on their builds or on their uh, creativity? I don't watch a lot of the a lot of the. Uh, TV shows, but uh, anyway, but the guys locally here, uh, Ron Hamlin has been okay. a big help to me. And okay. of course, the contacts that we have through Mad Dog. I mean, there must be a million Mad Dogs out here. Seems like it. And they and they every one of them, they got all kinds of different cars, so they can tell you, you know, different things about tires and rear and all that stuff. And of course, more Texas Motor Club. 
they got, I think, 300 so uh, people. And everyone I'm willing to help. If they can help you, they will. Whether it be information or who to take the car to or, you know, just have a shoulder to cry on if you need to <laughs> about the prices. So does uh, Sir David have any other uh, projects, you know, in the pipeline? Other than helping my boys when they need it on their vehicles. Now, uh, the younger boy who helped buy the car, he actually had a 67 for 67 Camaro for like three months. But he lives in just the outskirts of Austin. He's only got a two-car garage with him and his wife. And his stuff that he's already got took up the garage, so the car would have to stay outside, or his good pickup would have to stay outside. So, and I think February when he bought it, he says this thing won't work. So he turned it, he got it running, and turned it, and made a little bit of money on it. But at some point in time, he'll, he, it's in his blood when, when he gets settled out. Now, a little bit farther out in the country, which he's talking about doing, everybody do that, so I'll help him do that. And anybody around here, same thing. You know, the young guys coming up, they got Camaros, or I, I, I help them. I can, sometimes they bring it over here and I work on it. <laughs> and there's an old boy down in the... I have my uh, best friend from uh, California. He lives in Arizona now. Matter of fact, uh, a year ago, we flew out to, you know, his uh, wedding. But uh, his dad is a big uh, car guy. He got older and stuff like that. But um, he he took and he bought this one uh, car. I forget, you know, the make and the model. But he bought this uh, brand new home, and it had uh, it was like a three car garage. But it had you know the small individual single doors, and um, I think that the car he bought like a Lincoln or something like that, and he put it like in the garage, you know. And part of the car stuck out. Well, he didn't sell the car. He had the garage extended to fit his car. When you got that, when you got that disease, you got it, baby. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and then, and then he um, built his uh, big garage over on you know the side of his house. And uh, it looks, if you drive right by it, it looks like another house, but it's a seven car garage on the back side of it. So from the street, it looks like a house. You go through the gate and there, I think it, in the middle, he has a big opening to park a, a big motor home in, then it shops over enough far like end and he has all these bays and it's, it's, it's like a sickness you know all these hot rods you know yes Mark if you're listening I'm talking about you know you and your dad you know love you guys but um, to the folks out there uh, listening you know on the uh, podcast something nobody knows about you or you know, the uh, car. Well, not a whole lot of people know. You were talking about speed a little while ago. Yeah. You were talking about speed a little while ago. Well, it just so happens that the uh, the original version of the jet truck that crashed three months ago and, and 
unfortunately the driver, the driver passed in that crash. Um, I rode in the original one back in 1991 on Alliance Air, Airfield up here in Fort Worth, North Fort Worth. Oh, wow. And that day we went over 325 miles an hour in that jet truck and did not leave the ground. <laughs> <laughs> jet truck? Went, it, it, we were on a runway, but we did not leave the I ground. I woke up in Oklahoma, but it did not leave the ground. So that, that was kind of cool. That, that was the day. Now, but it was that kind of, kind of, um, kind of iffy or, you know, scary thinking about that, that, you know, what happened to it and you rode in it. Well, you know, when anybody attempts anything like that, they ought to have an idea what the outcome could be. I mean, you know, you see what happens at 60 mile an hour out here on the freeways. It can tear up. It yeah, can tear yes, up. Sir. So yes, sir. You multiply that times what? You know, five times what I was going? Five times 60? Yeah. It, it gets, uh... But that day, I had a different wife at that time, by the way. And she, and we were inside his. His pull truck has got a, like that little thing back where they sleep a cab type little thing. I was back there putting the uh, fire suit stuff on, and the driver of the truck, uh, he said he, he was he was joking up to that point. And he, about that same time, he kind of changed gear and he said, "No, we got to get serious here for a couple minutes." He says, "You you do understand what what the, what's going on here, right?" He says, "You understand that if anything happens out there, it's pretty much." Just so happened that the, that the now ex-wife stepped up into the into the coach thing at that point in time, and she heard that, and she went just about the list. I mean, that was, that was bad timing on her part. She should have stayed outside. <laughs> and we calmed her down. I said, "Baby, I've got an opportunity to do this. I'm gonna do it. I'm pretty good about coming out on the other side. But if I don't, you know, just, yeah. just know that I." I knew what I, I knew what the, yeah, what the opportunity was and yeah, what the options were. You know what it was going into it. I did. I mean, I knew. And set, when I strapped myself into it, there was lots you have of, any lots second of thoughts? different things that, that happened because he drove the truck from the where they keep the airplanes over there on the side beside the, the uh, runway. He drove it kind of like you drive a big truck, except it had a jet one jet engine fired up and he just... He'd pop the jet engine to get moving. And so he, he just so he eased up there at like, you know, 40 miles an hour. And I thought, well, that's different. Because I had no, I thought maybe they told him up there and then he fired up and be kind of like a drag ship. No. It, I mean, I was trying to imagine all these things, how it was going to happen. And uh, we, we, we drove you know, down and up, came around the other end of the, of the, uh, of the <laughs> runway. And he says, you ready? I said, probably as ready as I'm ever going to be. And he sat there and did some burn stuff with the pipes and all that for the, for the crowd. And uh, then he lit that dude up, man. And they had three airplanes come in behind us. And they were in front of us. And we went underneath them. And these were these were the, the uh, planes that they do tricks and stuff with there at the air show and all that stuff, right? So they're back. And we flew underneath them and I was sitting there in the passenger side truck. Looked over and watched them planes go behind us. I said, mm -hmm, "Yeah, we're doing all right." <laughs> <laughs> and then the end of the runway was coming up. I'm thinking, 
Yeah, well, okay, Mike, it's about time. I, okay, so you know, of course, he reached over and pulled all the shoots and all that stuff, and everything came out. I thought it was going to be a real, you know, G's and all this stuff. Of course, I was strapped into that seat, so I didn't move. Just, you know, tug forward and stuff. But, and he's, he told me at the beginning, he said, whatever you do, do not unlatch any of those seat belts and stuff until I tell you to. So he got down out of the truck, and he didn't say anything yet, you know. I'm sitting there just stiff as I can. And he looked up at me and said, when are you going to get out? I said, when you tell me down and buckle the seat belt like you told me at the beginning, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so he yeah. said, okay, get out of there. Hey. <laughs> so, hey. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a day, man. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's embedded in my, I can remember that reel in my head anytime I want to now. It was cool. Did you ever get any uh, pictures or like any, um, did you document it with the video or? The son that helped buy the Camaro. We had, this was an older, this, this was 96. And we didn't have any cell phones or anything yet. So we tried to do it with a little Kodak and tried to document it. As soon as, as, soon as he fired up, he didn't do what he was doing, his fire thing out there at the beginning of the runway. Oh no! Son Randy said he felt like throwing that camera into the tarmac and just stomping on it. <laughs> but we did get a lot of still pictures. So were you even like nervous going in? I can't say that I was because again, I knew you know there's lots of thoughts going through your head about what if, but you know it wasn't like, had to it wasn't like go fear. through your head. You know it wasn't like fear. It was like oh, you know in a this- split second. You know, yeah, something went you know awry. It's like you ain't coming back. I'm pretty sure that's how those jet fighter guys. I mean, it's like maybe I know one, what can happen, one, but I'm up here for a purpose. One now. wrong move. You know what's cool is, um, you know that new movie uh, Maverick, Top Gun. I I think you was seen it, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You guys went and saw it after we saw it. That is that's some uh, flying. <laughs> and I guess they did more real flying in this one than they did the first one. And they, 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 the guys at the flight, most of the time in the front of the yeah. plane were actual pilots and stuff. So they were, they were actually pulling those G's and stuff. And I guess a whole bunch of the crew and stuff didn't, yeah, didn't react too good to that when they hit the ground. <laughs> the yeah, I think from, from, you know, the first time uh, my baby and I walked in and we sat down until the time it ended and we got up and we walked out. Non-stop action all the way through. I didn't want to get up and go to the concession stand. <laughs> you know, I was afraid. You know, I might miss something. I didn't. I didn't want to go anywhere but you know, stay right there. Um, is there something that went uh, totally awry on your car? Like maybe took a detour. You thought it was gonna. Be like easy. You're gonna do this, accomplish this, and then you know, kind of turned and you had to kind of do it a different way or do something totally different. Oh, there are probably three incidences, but the oh, the, really? the latest one was what most people would consider a pretty simple situation. I wanted to change the oil pan. Oh, you know. And in reality, there's only 14 or 15 bolts that hold the oil pan on. Okay. But, in sitting in that Camaro where the steering and all that stuff is, 
it becomes a bit more difficult. You've got to pull the engine out. You've got to pull your radiator hose off. You've got to jack the engine up. And after you do all that, it's still very tight to get down. So I got the first one. I got the one off that was kind of holding me up. Put the new one on. And the rear main seal, I put a new rear main seal in. It leaked. I said, okay, I'll do this again. So after I put my front end pieces and stuff on, I tackled that. And as it turns out, the oil pan plug on the one that I put on back in January, I put the pan back on, you know, different kind of pan on back in January. The welded part of the, where you put your plug in was leaking. I said, well, I could try to weld or have somebody weld it. But anyway, again, Ron Hamlin came through for me and he, gave, he had a pan man around up there and he gave it to me. But when I started the engine, it sounded like something was knocking, like a rod was knocking. What's this all about, you know? Pull, pull the pan back down. And there's a plate that they call a drain back plate. See it, but anyway, that plate evidently when they put it in the pan bubbled up when they welded it in or something. It came up a little bit higher than it was supposed to. It was actually hitting the crank. The mm. crankshaft was coming down and making a mark on it every time it came around. Oh. So did it all again. <laughs> Three times I put pans on it, you know. And I had to go through that same because I bolt it back up, I put three, the oil in Three it. different I'd uh, let the engine back down, I put the mouth back in, I put the water back in, I drive it, and so <laughs> what is And of course, everybody out there has something that just, you know, if you're changing a clutch lever or something from the one that was originally, and of course you buy it through someone or somebody and says, yeah, it'll fit right in there. Not when it hits the frame because it's bent. Until you get in there and you and try it. Then you gotta rework everything. Do it all over again or talk to somebody that knows that's done it before. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of those things. And it, it's just part of the it's just part of the pain of doing it. But when you do it and it gets done and you look back and say, Okay, I passed that, passed that test, move on, let's get out there and drive. You'd mentioned you you take the uh, car out uh, on like you know, some cruise. I think some uh, cruises, I think you uh, take and even sometimes uh, take it out and uh, park by some uh, landscapes or something, take some pictures of it places. Was that, was that uh, before or after you know, we shot it for the magazine? Well, uh, as you know, we were originally supposed to go down to my son's. And yeah. The, the back side of his garage, you got a Texas flag on it. Well, okay. Red, white and blue in there. Free green grass and all that stuff. Well, what was it? So it got burned up or something. <laughs> but um, anyway, we were going to do it there, and that's, that's a great backdrop for that. And it just didn't work out because of the different things. But uh, then I thought about up there where we shot the car, and that it had lots of different things going for it. I mean, it had the water tower in the back. It had the caboose. It had just it had just the right setting. I mean, it was perfect. I love it. I I, love uh, it. I like. Where we shot by the uh, trend, the caboose and the water tower back there. That was, I think that was an awesome, awesome setting. That's great. Doug, you guys, you're uh, wondering, what what issue was that, by the way? Oh, okay. See, um, <laughs> I, was on I, I just turned, <laughs> I just turned 15. I think I have gray hair, gray, I definitely have some gray matter inside. I don't know what it is, but maybe <laughs> David's is a little bit. But um, now it's 
See, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> I can I can cut it out, or you know, I can leave it in there. It's a podcast, you know. So it happens to the best of it. You know, it's, <laughs> hey, that, it's all right, no problem, no problem. Um, Foose is who I was thinking. See, that's one of those things I thought oh, yeah. about five minutes ago. Yeah, and now it just kind of comes back around. Chip Foose. I did like a lot of his stuff, and I did actually meet him up in uh, Carrollton one time. Yeah. I, I think you said that uh, before. I was surpri- surprised you, you you didn't say that when I asked. Uh, um, exactly what I said. That's one of the moments. Okay. And see, yeah. No, I think I'm going to take and uh, leave that in the podcast because um, it's only, you're only human, you know. And, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? You know, sorry about that. I'll take that cough out of there. And uh, sometimes, far far as um, you know, anything else, uh, you know, car related, you know, about your car, uh, whatever. Um, do you want to let the folks out there on, you know, the podcast know anything else or? Well, uh, I knew I was going to do this for a few days because we, we talked about it previously. Yeah, yeah. So I thought about some things. And, and one thing I thought about was on my shoot, we did end up putting a picture of people in there. Yeah, my, my dad, my brother, and me. And I noticed that your magazine, and a lot of other ones do too, like even back in Hot Rod Day and stuff, they just they, they focused on the car and then they wrote about the person. That's cool. But... I thought that because the, the picture and the story about my brother and my dad and stuff was in there, that was super great. And by the way, all my people that I sent it to, you know, oh, brothers and sisters, they loved did it. They, they loved like it. it. They said, that's a great, that's a great, you know, going back to them. And I said, you know, it might not be a bad idea for when you do shoot, do the shoot, ask the guy if he wants to be with his car, you know, to personalize a little bit more. Yeah, I'm leaving him an option if, he, if he's oh, shy yeah. and all that and don't care, don't do it. But I thought that was a, that was a nice touch. So like, that was just a little hint for going forward. Oh yeah, so yeah. You, you use it because we we did uh, issue number seventeen in uh, print. That was our uh, back to blue issue. We put nothing but uh, plays and first responders in that. And um, I had uh, two guys. I had uh, one guy out in Waxahachie with the Waxahachie uh, PD. And uh, he let his uh, friend drive his uh, truck out to, you know, the bridge where we were shooting it. And later on, he showed up in his squad car in a full uniform. And he's like, hey. Can I post by my uh, C10, you know, for a picture in the magazine? I'm like, in your dress blues, or is your captain okay with that? Your your chief okay with that? He's all like, hold on, and he called the office on his uh, walkie-talkie, and I overheard it. And the guy said, "I got the okay. Where do you want me?" And I'm uh, right here, so I I posed him right by the C10. Then we're shooting an, another um, uh, 
friend of ours that he's uh, with the Fort Worth uh, PD and we're shooting down in Cleburne at this old airport down there. And he, his name is uh, Jeff. And uh, Jeff, Jeff said something like about um, maybe shooting in his uh, uniform. And I'm like, yeah, that, that'd be awesome. Let's get you in the uniform and all, all that. And he said that um, it's been like 20, 25 years since he ever wore a uniform. He told his wife that he's, uh, I can't fit in this uniform. And she's like, you know what? Just suck up and put it on. You know, this is for a magazine. So he put on the uniform. <laughs> we shot him by his uh, Chevelle. And then afterwards, he took that off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's a good but that that's awesome. And that, that was uh, two guys that wanted to you know, be in the shot, you know, their car and stuff like that. And, you know, if there's, you know, folks that want to be in the shot with their car, you know, of course, we'll shoot them. But, and I think what the, what's so cool about our magazine, we, I don't really, I don't shoot models for the magazine. For me, it's, uh, you know, the person the car and the story period and so I know some people maybe get upset about that or something but I shop for another magazine they want to do it their way so I want to do mine my way you know so but um, I have to give a big uh, shout out to uh, Simplecast Dot com that's simplecast.com they're the ones that house this uh, podcast we're on the $15 you know a month uh, plan and that goes for unlimited uh, you know content that you guys and you guys out there want to put up so if you're out there you know right now you're listening to you know this podcast you're thinking, hey, that's kind of cool. I want to do my own podcast, whether, you know, engine rebuilding, you know, restoring hot rods, cooking, you know, baking cookies, whatever it is, whatever you're thinking about, I recommend you guys go to simplecast.com. That's simplecast.com. It's only 15 bucks, you know, a month, and uh, they're they're awesome. You upload it one time, and it goes out to like all the other uh, podcast uh, platforms. Then, real quick, also, I want to give a big shout out to our first, uh, you know, sponsor here on the podcast, and that's a big thank you to Turnkey Print and Embroidery. They're located down in Joshua, Texas. They did our uh, ball caps. Hopefully, they'll do our shirts. They do our stickers, all that. So, uh, Corbin, he's the one if you want uh, wraps on your car, your truck, whatever. And then Mandy kind of runs the place. 
So find them either online or in person. TurnkeyPrintShop.com TurnkeyPrintShop.com Or find them here on uh, Facebook and go by and tell them David and tell them Texas Ridge sent you guys. We love you. David, it's been a pleasure sitting down with you, talking with you for, we're at 56 minutes so far. This has been uh, fun. Anything else you want to, you know, add on the uh, podcast? Just to thank you, Rich, because like I said, before you, I didn't know anybody that came down here and thought those guys that were actually out there busting our knuckles. Well, hint, hint. <laughs> hint, hint. Hey, give you a little idea of when me, me, dad, and uh, mom were were from, uh, you know, Temecula, you know, California. We've been here about seven, eight years. Right after we got here, I was shooting for a magazine out there. And uh, I had went to this one shop over here in uh, Hearst. I won't give names. And um, that guy out there told me there was no real hot rod magazine here in, you know, Texas. And um, that right there got me thinking about, hey, maybe doing her own thing. It didn't work out with, you know, the other magazines I told dad, you know, hey, let's do it herself, do her own magazine. So he kind of put the bug in her ear, you know, and we got thinking about it. And we wanted to do it for, you know, the small guy, travel all around, you know, tell their stories through the magazine. And we're still doing that. But um, just like I gave up the print magazine, I didn't want to just give that up and not bring anything else, you know, to the table. So that's why I brought a podcast. So I'm um, going with that new format, but I brought a podcast also. So, you know, it kind of weighs out you know, stop and uh, print. So, but hopefully it'll, you know, really uh, take off. You know, plus it's fun talking to, you know, everybody that has these awesome hot rods and, you know, man caves. And, Again, thank you, sir. No problem. And this has been Gears, Grease, and Gasoline. Real quick, also, I'll get off here. I know I'm yakking, yakking, yakking. But uh, we have these uh, brand new awesome uh, t-shirts coming out for uh, Gears, Grease, and uh, Gasoline. They're only in red. They have the pocket logo on front and the logo in the back. This is Gears, Grease, and Gasoline, the podcast. Uh, right now, they're pre-sale for 20 bucks. Uh, after uh, this Friday, they go up to 25 bucks. You can order yours over at www.bustedknucklemagazine.com. Go over there, uh, get it for 20 bucks. If not, it goes up to 25. But 100% of 
you know, the profit from that, it goes to our travel costs and it lets us do these awesome, awesome stories all over, all across Texas. Like the one we're sitting here doing with David. So if you love these podcasts, hearing these podcasts, download them, support, you know, the podcasts with, you know, the t-shirts and the hats and all that. We love you and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, guys. Love you.